What's up, everybody? This should be, uh, I think, episode four. Uh, welcome back to Underwater Sweatshop. Today, well, this week has been an interesting week. I always set up this mic and then move it at some point. Today, I decided to move it. So it's not, I don't like where it's at. Never mind. I'm going to keep it right here. Anyway. Uh, yeah. This week has been an interesting week in the world. I uh, became pretty much debt-free. It's very, very nice. I have my suspicions that this may be coming. But, um, it's you know, with a particular Democratic Party, you can never be so, too certain they'll say things and uh, just never do them. But, yeah, uh yeah, I became debt free, uh, applied for classes, paid the fees. Unironically, the day after, which was kind of funny, because I like I got to like go to the college and like talk to them and see uh, <laughs> how they felt about uh the whole thing. Because I, 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 it's just a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling. Um, it definitely. Hopefully, this is um things uh, more things to come. You know, but yeah, um, besides that, you know, my week has been all right. Uh, really can't complain. Uh, I have a trip to Africa still need to get ready for, which is complex as all as hell. But, um, but yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna, I have to start, you know, doing stuff for class at the same time as getting ready for the trip. Uh, reduced hours at work will definitely help me out to uh, not feel so overloaded. Um, but that also means reduced money. But then again, I'm getting money from the GI Bill. So that is like you got to know, like you're getting I'm getting money that with less of work. So like you, I guess you could say that's a plus. But yeah, so many things have happened. Um, so let's just get right into it. Let me uh, go to my usual suspects <laughs> uh, when I'm getting ready for one of these things. It's easy uh, like write these things down now. I told you guys I'd have a a plan, a better plan when I'm talking through these things, but um. Yeah, I didn't work on the plan, but I do have things I've been thinking about talking about, and the college debt, and particularly the response, has just been so comedic to me. Um, you, you gotta always wonder in the brains of these politicians: Do you really think, like, do you really think you're gonna sell people on the fact that, you know, when um. <laughs> you like I, I I've been watching a lot of particularly right wing, but like no liberal politicians as well. Um, try to sell people on the idea that like me canceling your student debt that I know you have is actually like a rich person's uh like profit. Like bro, like <laughs> it's like oh no no you're actually helping the rich not the poor. And I'm just like 
I don't know, but like I have had siblings that went to like, you know, private school. I didn't go to private school myself, but at least they um, they had the opportunity to. These rich kids don't have college debt. And so like w- with that knowledge, like it always it's just funny to watch um, uh, people talk about these things like it. it like, the, these are real ideas. Like, they really think they're saying something when they're saying this shit. It's, it's kind of really... It's really sad, actually. Like, it's not kind of sad. It's it's really sad. But, yeah, the Biden administration has made the decision to cancel student loan debt. Um, it is uh, $10,000. Actually, let me um go to my Twitter. I have this thing I set up. So I believe it's $10,000 if it's just regular loans. If it's Pell Grants, it goes up to $20,000. If you're below $125,000, um, it primarily applies if you're below $25,000. $125,000. Like, these things apply to you. And um, it's uh, I think that uh, the loan forbearance thing is pushing out until my birthday, December 31st. It's actually one of the more personal things I've shared. And um, it, it is. Uh, I mean, like, shoot, there's a whole lot of nuanced things. Actually, no, no, I don't have to go to my Twitter. I should go to actually the. The what is it? The financial aid thing. Actually, that's the best place to go. But um. What are my thoughts on this? It's uh, something that should have always happened. I, I, I don't. I'm sorry. A lot of the arguments that this is going to increase inflation just are being said by people that I have to assume are just saying this with bad intentions. Like they're, they're just they're just saying it <laughs> like they're just saying it just to say it like it doesn't make any much. It doesn't make much sense to me because um. You have to take into account the fact that we have not been paying student loans uh, for the last like two years. So all that surplus money has already been factored into the economy. People aren't going to spend even more money now knowing that. um, Not knowing that like they have access to this to this. uh, Now they know they don't have to pay their bills. Like that's not what that that was not what was going on. People are already using that surplus money to supplement their everyday lives. So the likelihood this is going to increase inflation is low. Will it probably increase um you know um oh, will it will be will it go into deficit? Most likely. But um everyone knows that the deficit only matters when it improves Americans' lives and the deficit doesn't matter for the military, which I just want to point out to everyone that um we have been perma sending money to Ukraine. And there has been no complaints about deficits when we're sending money over there. So I just think that, like, we should, you know, just eat that hit. Because I promise you, for majority of Americans to know that they're debt-free, we'll have... Let's not talk about, like, the, the you know, the psychological benefit, you know, um, the fact that it, I think, this sends a good message saying that, like, hey, if you decide to go get an education... Uh, the government got you. We want you to improve yourself. Um, 
let's just speak from economics standpoint because everyone apparently only cares about the dollar <laughs> only cares about the the dollar averages for this um we will see uh loads of money you, how many small businesses are started next three to five years because of the fact that people don't have student loan debt um people will ne people never correlate this the historians will people go to class later on will figure it out but like no one will really give credit the Biden administration for just even the cancellations of 10,000. And maybe because I'm directly affected and this is kind of the amount I needed. Um, I can see how historic this idea is because something that isn't talked about is that a lot of kids, not really kids, you know, kids, young adults, adults, start college, take the student loan debt, a federal student loan debt from like financial aid and don't actually ever finish school. And so they get none of the benefit of um actually getting that formal education. Like they don't get the the you know the um the increased wages from that. So they're just sitting on this debt and this debt isn't gonna be paid. And that's the one thing people don't understand. Like this debt ultimately never gets paid down. A lot of these people take this debt to their grave. Um, and then even because because this debt sticks around, like your family members have to eat on that debt too. Like that's something that's not talked about. Like this gets passed down. And so um, it's just, it's one of those things that like makes you really think like this is a hole for a lot of no working class Americans. They they will uh, it's it's always been a hole. Uh, I think around since the nineties, since tuition has skyrocketed. I think it was in the nineties, eighties, nineties, but it started skyrocketing. Um, it's always been this hole for Americans, and to have it be lifted even a tiny bit, it's a wonderful thing. Now, should it have been more? Yes, should it have been more. It's not even like. <laughs> Listen, no one should be going no one should be going into debt to go to school. School should be a merit-based thing. If you have the grades to get if you have the grades to get into these higher institutions, you should be able to go for free. Community colleges, everyone should be able to go into. Like to be a productive member of society, you know, to be a good worker in a society, you need an education of some sort, whether it be trade or, you know, formal education. And so to pretend like there's a reality where you don't need neither, like, that's just cap. That's that Uber, you know, gig economy type logic where it's like, oh, no, actually, you just really need a car and the ability to drive and you can go. Fuck that, bro. Like that. That's so fake. It's <laughs> it's so fake. And like, if you really press a lot of these guys on, on how possible that really is, or if they're letting their kids make those types of decisions, you um you quickly see through it for what it is. If so if everyone needs to go to school, then to have a successful and productive life, then of course, you should try to make it as free as possible. So ultimately, though, uh, I'm happy that student loan debt was canceled, or reduced for some canceled for others. Um, um, 
we need college to just be outright free. And that is the next position. You know, for those who have it already canceled, this is the fight has not ended. You need to appreciate what has happened to you and wish it on to the rest of the population. Don't forget, there's people, there's people you graduated with that are still who could use that, who need that. And don't don't listen to these pundits talking about tax dollars. These fucks never care um, when businesses uh, get tax write offs and subsidies or welfare. As I've been listening to some like Panthers talk about uh, what's funny, what gets classified as welfare and uh, what gets classified as a subsidy, even though effectively it's the same thing. So, yeah, these these companies get welfare all the time and no one says anything. Anything at all. And, um, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's not no one's worried about the, uh, you know, deficits then. Um, so don't 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 let them trick you into worrying about it when the person next to you gets it, because that's what's so unique about this. This policy, regardless if it was mean tested and the fact you have to apply for it, there's a whole lot of issues that have the Biden administration. The fact you have to apply for it, like, come on now, you know who has it. Are you stupid? Don't don't you know people would want to get this canceled? Just you should it should just be retroactive. People should just have that shit canceled. Uh, the fact you have to apply for it is dumb. But um, like your everyday man's gonna take advantage of this. And you should not see your everyday person as your competition. And the only people people you're competing directly with is your boss and his interests compared to your own. And so it it, it is it is pretty good. But yeah, it's um uh, the White House has been really reveling in this dub they caught. I've noticed that a lot of supposedly anti-establishment left-wing media sources have kind of just been simping real hard. Um, I have been relishing in the memes. Um, just making fun of all those people that are so hell-bent on worrying about their taxes getting raised, but never worried about their taxes getting raised for, you know, to pay off businesses or banks. Oh, you know, banks are businesses too, but, but I have already kind of moved on. I, uh, it's very interesting to watch these guys, you know, I feel like they're only revolutionary because they just think that what they get and what they're asking for won't be actually fulfilled. And when the thing is actually fulfilled, they get on their knees and basically suck off whoever did it, even though they know they technically, that person is still their enemy. Uh, but then again, let's not be negative. Biden did something good. Uh, he gets his applause. Yeah, we'll give him a week. You guys can sim for Biden for another week. <laughs> you know, not not another week, but like until, what is it? When do you do it? Like, I think Wednesday. So I think you got until Wednesday to keep simping for Biden. After which it's, you know, back to beating the pavement and uh, continuing on in the fight. There's a lot of groups I've seen who have um, been petitioning for student loan debt. And I think I was watching it on Democracy Now. There was, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Astra, was it Astra Taylor? Yes. She uh, 
heads up a group that has always been working towards student loan cancellation uh, for quite a while now. Uh, I think if I remember the video right, she had been working since the Occupy movement, that's 2008, um, petitioning for outright debt cancellation. And something I thought was powerful about what she was talking about is that like, to, to it almost seems like to her, nothing had happened. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just like, it's like, this don't mean anything because in her world, the people she's talking with, like 10,000, like cool. But like my people got like a hundred thousand dollars in debt. You just drop that shit to 90. The interest payments are going to push that shit back up. You know, and that's just what's real for a lot of people. So until it's all, you know, all right. And so like, I'll write all a uh, cancel because like, it's almost funny because like everyone talks about Bernie Sanders and his take because I, I believe he was. um, I think his position was 50,000 or was it all right cancellation? I think it was 50,000. Um, I think him and Elizabeth Warren were petitioning for 50,000. Um. That would just be half the money they owe. You know, it's 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 a crazy thought, but it'd just be half. No, they would still have the other half left. You know, so like this ten k, as much as it is powerful, Biden administration definitely nail in the coffin for you who are Republican. Let it be understood that red wave is pretty much. It ain't even going to be high tide, bro. <laughs> you know, um, I think you'll see Democrats come out in droves. But like, um, yeah, like uh, it's not much to these guys who have insane amounts of debt. You know, if you went for a master's degree or fuck around and went for a Ph.D., what is 10K to you? It's nothing, you know, so which only is more of a reason why we should stand on the position of, hey, this should be all right for you. Nothing to talk about. Nothing to really discuss. Um, that's just what it, that's what it should be. Um, yeah, there's really not much to talk about, really. But yeah, it's... um. But it was a good policy. I think the Democrats, if they still continue to intend on um, doing things for people, that uh, they, they can completely wash Republicans. Because something that needs to be noted is that the Republicans are running on nothing. You know, culture war stuff with no policies behind it is nothing. And I feel like more Republican... <laughs> um, you know, supposed in the you know republic smart Republicans that say they you know their party is the best. They should probably start taking note that the fact that they're not bringing anything to the table other than um other than culture war stuff, and that isn't real. I'm sorry, it's just not. Um, there's a whole new. But what else is going on in the world? Other than, uh, oh, yeah, 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 so you got, um, I think, what is it, Ukraine was attacked? Yeah, 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 man, the, yeah, the Ukraine, yeah, Ukraine was attacked, it was, uh, I believe it was, uh, 
I think it was a train that was hit. Uh, what is it? It's not a train, right? Ukraine. It was um, not the nuclear plant, which is a whole little interesting situation, the nuclear plant. I'm looking for another thing, but like, yeah, the nuclear Damn, this is going to sidetrack me. I wish I had this link straight up. Yo, this nuclear plant thing has always kind of made me laugh. Every time I read this story, it's like the only... So, like, to give a point in context, this nuclear plant has been seized by the Russians since, like, the first month of the war. And, um... But it's been getting attacked per Ukrainian side. So, let's assume that is true. Well, if it's controlled by the Russians, are the Russians bombing themselves or is Ukraine bombing the, the power plant? I want you... To get out of your, you know, hyper pro West brain and think to yourself, if I have something seized and it's getting bombed, who's bombing it? Me or my enemy? I'm going to let you guys ponder that thought for a bit. And if you came to any kind of conclusion that the Ukrainians are bombing their own nuclear plants, like, uh, I think you need to seek help. And so it's just funny because, like, they're just like, I, I, I've been hearing that they've just been like, oh, the Russians need to stop bombing. They're going to cause a nuclear situation. I'm like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, bro, you're the one who's bombing it. I wouldn't, if the Russians were bombing it, they'd be bombing their own troops. Jesus Christ, dude. And everyone would be like, oh, they, they want to, yeah, they would bomb their own troops. That's not how you win wars, you idiot. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, I found it. AP. The AP never lets it down. 22 reported killed on Independence Day attack of Ukraine. What is it? Uh, Russian forces Wednesday launch a rocket attack on the Ukrainian train station. Boom, I was not bugging. I, I was. I almost doubted myself. On um, the embattled country's Independence Day, killing 22 people, President Zelensky said after warning for days that Moscow might attempt something particularly cruel this week. The lethal attack took place in Chapelin? Chapelin? Yeah, Chapelin, probably. Uh, Chapelin? Nah, it's, it's probably not Chaplin, but please forgive my pronunciation. Well, even this brother can't read. Uh, a town of about 3,500 people in the central... <laughs> I'm not even fucking gonna read that. <laughs> Dini... Dini Pre... Dnipro-Trovaske, I'm not even going to, region, the Ukrainian news agency quoted Zelensky as telling the UN Security Council via video, the president's office also reported that an 11-year-old child was killed by the rocket fire earlier today in the settlement. <sighs> anyway, um, this is clearly in retaliation to one of Putin's well, at least the West says it's one of Putin's boys. I'm starting to really get skeptical on how important Dugin is to the ideology of which leads Putin to invade the Ukrainians. But from a Western perspective, what it seems that they uh, are trying to say is that, or at least the, the narrative that's getting preached is that 
Um, somebody bombs Dugan's car thinking Dugan was going to be in it. His daughter was in it. His daughter was killed. Um, the Russians do their investigation. I believe they uh, blame Estonia and um, Lithuania. I think it's at least Estonia for hoarding the terrorists. Uh, the woman, forget her name, uh, what they call terrorist, um, who was responsible for the bombing. Um, and oh no no they blamed Estonia and Ukraine not 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 Lithuania Lithuania is an entirely different situation and um and what ends up happening is uh the, it seems they're painting a narrative where it's like this bombing right here is a retaliation for attacking one of Putin's boys now do I think it's a retaliation yes I think that. The Ukrainians, of course, were involved in the bombing. I think they did intentionally try to bomb Dugan. But from my position, I just don't. And I mean, some people do believe. Listen, I don't put it past Ukraine. They're thinking at some level Dugan had some level influence on Putin. I do believe that. I do think that it's a Dugan's message provides a convenient narrative. Uh, for Putin to go in, but ultimately, I think the biggest motivation for Russia going in to Ukraine has to do with NATO expansion. I will hold that position straight up. Uh, regardless, like it, it, like there's gonna unless I hear, I see some direct quotes from the Kremlin, like some like leaked documents from the Kremlin that says that otherwise. I'm gonna hold that position because. The reason why I think the Dugan message is way too convenient is because it creates like great men. Because like if there's a if there's anything in the West, the West does so often, it is um creating this good guy bad guy narrative between the leaders. You know, so like the good guy narrative is Zelensky, which if you just look into Zelensky, comical. <laughs> comical idea that this guy's a good guy but hey it's a narrative in the west so it's just like it's that that's what it is and i mean he is a good guy in comparison to what's going on in his nation like um he needs to do whatever he can to hold sovereignty over the nation i'm not saying they can't defend it but to say this guy's a good guy i mean just take the time look into ukrainian politics over the last i don't know eight years and um, if you, you'll begin to ask questions like I began to ask questions. Um, but, you know, it's this good guy, bad guy narrative they always try to create between the leaders of nations. And never do they ever take into account the, uh, the bigger, more material reasons why um, Russia may not want... A Ukraine, a Ukraine that is in NATO, you know, if you look at the relationship between Russia and the West, you know, that just would not be ideal. Um, it's just it, like, I, I hate to break it to you, you'd see the same reaction out of China if you just put nuclear weapons on, if there was overtly knowledge of nuclear weapons on Japan or Taiwan, you know, you would see the same reaction. If there was even a messaging that something like that was going to happen. That, like, you know, you throw it on Taiwan and, like, they're in striking distance to Beijing. Like, you, you would see China, like, rev up immediately and they'd be in Taiwan in, like, a heartbeat. Like, that's that's just what would happen. 
But um, no one really likes to talk about that because that would require uh, the West acknowledging some fault, which is not a convenient narrative since we want to paint ourselves as just the absolute good guys. Um, most, most of the times when it comes to geopolitics, there really is no good or bad guys. It's just what is going to lead to the least amount of bloodshed. I guess you could say those are the ones who are doing the most good guy stuff. Uh, whoever's working towards at least that. Um, but yeah, like I, I think the Dugan messaging creates a reality where then the West does not uh, have to acknowledge any of its actions and just can be like, well, no, it's actually this guy giving Putin this messaging that he should create an empire and that's why Putin's doing this. It has nothing to do with us. And yeah, like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like that, that's, that sounds like something the West would do. Anyone who's cared to look in the history of the West, uh, it, it, it fits a pattern. But yeah, so like uh, they do this bombing. Uh, Americans were warned. I believe the Biden administration put out a notice telling all Americans to leave Ukraine uh, in warning of this uh, you know, mass cat situation. Um, 22 killed, about 50 wounded uh, per, uh, as per the AP. And it's just, we're getting into a grinding situation with uh, the Ukraine. Like, let's be honest. We are entering the time in the conflict where it's not going to be shown on TV. And a lot of, a, a lot of deaths are going to happen. Something that's not talked about enough is that we really, and it's starting to become common knowledge, is that we don't know how many Ukrainians are really dying in these conflicts. Like, Ukraine has a vested interest in making it seem like this shit ain't nothing to us. And we have a chance of winning. Just because, like, Russia is the entire part of their eastern nation. And if they were to negotiate right now, in all reality, if if Zelensky is... um serious about his most maximalist uh, rhetoric, like his most maximalist ideas of like trying to retake everything of the Eastern region and taking back Crimea, like he's going to need Western support. And so if he's going to get that Western support, he needs to make it seem like that's a, that's a wise investment. So yeah, they're going to talk crazy about how, <laughs> how many people are there. Um, they, they, that are, are making it through these fights. But uh, I mean, the at least for my from just my eye test tells me I'm looking at these these pictures and I'm saying, I think these guys are losing. And. Or at least at minimum, they're stalling, which doesn't favor Ukraine, uh, the less developed army. I mean, they got they're getting weapons from um, the U.S. military, but like yeah, I've, I've been hearing information about how like they really just. You know, they they really are trying to learn how to use this stuff on the fly. You know, um, you know, Russia basically rules the skies. Uh, it's bad. It's bad. And uh, I think it'd be better to just see as minimal amount of bloodshed as possible. Uh, but, you know, and I, I've had this conversation with other people and it's just like, oh, no, we can't do that because there are enemies that I'm just like, OK, well, what about the Ukrainian people? Like, what do they want to do? You know, you know, this is the uncomfortable realities of like living in a democracy. Sometimes the people vote in ways that you don't want. Um, 
And I'm beginning to, I think the real question we need to start asking ourselves is, does the Ukrainian people still want to keep fighting? Not does Zelensky and his like cabinet members fuck them. The people on the ground most likely to die from prolonged conflict, do they want to keep on fighting? Because the worst thing you can have on happening is um, a reality where the people of Ukraine become disillusioned with their government. Um, and then all Ukraine can go in that type of situation. And so even if it's not a comfortable thing to say, and I, I would prefer Putin don't take it because I, I have my questions because what is this country next to Ukraine? There's another country that is ripe for the taking right next to Ukraine. It has all the same, like, I think I think Russia has had, um, has people in there. Like, if, they, if Russia was really trying to go for expansion, they could, um, Moldova, yes, Moldova country right next to Ukraine. That's another country I've been uh, I've been hearing about. Like it has all the prerequisite necessary uh, for, you know, if if Russia was to take all of Ukraine, they could just go right into Moldova. They have the they have uh, insurgency troops that are pro-Russia in there, too. That become problematic. Become problematic immediately. Um, so so but then the matters on what the idea of the Kremlin is. If they want to create their own little iron curtain, uh, I'm not even sure if that's for the best, uh, but need to mitigate as much uh, bloodshed as possible going forward and um, pray Putin does not want to take another country. I think that like we have the experiment has to be done in Ukraine. You know, if it means that giving them this eastern half of Ukraine, it means giving them the eastern half of Ukraine. Um, you know, it, I guess that's all you can really do. Uh, I don't, I don't believe the Russians are Nazis, uh, at least not yet. And uh, because I hold that position, the best thing you can do in this situation is try to keep as many people alive and ask the people if they want to keep fighting. Um, which most of the time when you poll people on if they want to go to war or not, uh, <laughs> uh, most of the time they just don't. So yeah, but it is, it is a, it's a crappy situation, but I'd rather, I'd rather see them surrender rather than just seeing needlessly having people die for no reason, you know, because war is ugly, no matter how much they try to beautify it. Try to create hero narratives out of it. But okay. Oof. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is something that got me fucking animated. Now, there, I'm pretty sure there's no article. Because Jay Powell and the boys went to go talk at... um. Where did Jay Powell go talk at? He went to something. And I, I he said he said some disgusting things. Uh, Fed Chair, Powell's speech. Where did he go? Is, is it Jackson Hole? Yep, he went to go speak at Jackson Hole. Let's use the CNBC article. They usually have some uh, good quotes. 
Yeah, they like to speed it down. So Fed Chair Jerome Powell on Friday pledged that the federal that the central bank will use our tools forcibly to attack inflation that is still running near its highest levels in more than 40 years. In his annual Jackson Hole, Wyoming's policy speech, Powell added, get this damn out, dude, these guys, these guys are getting bold. These websites are getting bold. Back to me. Oh, my God. Continue on the site. I don't care. I have ad block. I know. Screw you. Anyway. Anyway, so in his annual Jackson Hole, Wyoming's policy speech, Powell added that higher interest rates likely will persist for some time. The historic record cautions strongly against premature loosening policy. The remarks come amid signs inflation might have peaked, but is not showing any marked signs of decline, Powell said. The Fed will not be swayed by a month or two of data. That's to summarize stuff. I can read the whole article. I have listened to Jerome Powell's speech, and I can give my own uh, opinions on it. But I think that uh, what I said on Twitter about this uh, is really actually everything I have to say about this. And I'll just segue after that. Um, little uh, spoiler alert. I am fucking pissed at what he had to say. It is very telling when you hear Fed share say what he said. Um, let me, let me fucking, Jesus Christ, I share way too much stuff on Twitter. But, um, it's, it's, it's really outright warfare on, it's, if, Jesus Christ, as I bring this up, um, from my interpretation of what, uh, he said, it's, uh, it's really just outright warfare on, um. (laughs) Uh, on the working class, to be honest. Okay. Um, So what I said is the Fed chair announcement, uh, the Fed chair announced that he would continue to raise rates regardless of the impact impact on the economy that we've seen. It just shows uh, the Fed's blatant disregard for the working class. Uh, When the Fed says they need to get inflation under control, understand that they are talking about wage inflation. And I know some people will have some critiques of me for interpreting it in that way, but you must understand the Fed only has power to control the demand side of the market. Demand side is uh, from the market is money supply, how much free money is moving around, how like how easy access to money. That is what the Fed controls. That is a demand side issue. Inflation is 100% a supply side issue right now, right? You still have China opening up because they have a zero COVID policy. And let's just be honest, China right now is going through their own little version of 2008 right now. Uh, If you're just unaware, Um, you know, they're having a housing market collapse. They uh, follow combined with the fact that they have workers who are not out at work because they're they're following a zero COVID policy. And this combination created an economic environment that they're seeing a bit of declines. Doesn't mean the collapse of China. No, because China has uh, some important things that I think a lot of third world countries need to understand. Take that neoliberal brain out your fucking head. This is how you need to operate as a nation. 
Um, they have controls against capital flight. It is not easy to get money out of China, even as a billionaire. So capital cannot fly out of their nation as quickly as it can. Um, secondly, they're not a service economy. They're a manufacturing economy. A lot of people have a lot of their manufacturing across the world based in China. You know, it is not easy to rebuild these these factories, other places, and just have the money train going. They are committed where they're at. They want to move. It's going to take at least a 10-year process to do that. They will, If they were going to do that, they would have to start hinting and start that process now. A lot of people say India. I'm not really sure on that, but... From my own interpretations, they're they're still committed to uh, the Chinese model of getting, sending, you know, having it build it there, product almost, you know, product almost, you know, completed over there and shipped over here. You know, that is the model most businesses are going off of. Um, and since they are going to still do that, it doesn't matter if. With the the ability to control capital flight and the ability the con- ability to control capital flight and the ability to control uh, the manufacturing of the world for advanced technologies, um, hate to break it to you guys, uh, they're going to stay pretty solid. They're just going through a bad time right now. But because they are the manufacturing hub of the world, the supply that is supply side issue. They are still not able to be. They're not able to rev up their economy to the same level as they would during normal conditions. Um, with that being said, uh, that is why you see inflation here, because there's less goods here still with the same demand, which makes the price go up. This is just complete supply and demand. Like, bro, I'm very left-leaning group. Like, shoot, dude, I, I, I lean very common. Like, it's so crazy to me how many people buy into 100% the capitalist free market model and don't understand markets at all. Like, <laughs> like I, dude, I, I don't even buy into markets. Most people consider me straight out communist. And it's just like, um, I have a better understanding of these things than they do. It's just hilarious for me to like, for them not to understand this clearly supply side, the money is there to buy the goods. Like, all I gotta bring up is the PS, the PS Five. Yeah, the PS Five example is a great one. You know, like these. Just like if you can't, like you know, PS Fives are still hard to get because there's just not enough of them. That's just it. I've heard a lot of arguments that said people are withholding them, and I just don't buy it anymore. It's been two years. Why would they still be withholding them? You know, it'd be better just sell these things off at this point. You know, like. <laughs> Like I'm pretty sure these consoles only have like a five year life cycle, five six year life cycle. We're gonna we're gonna still withhold them six, like two years in. Like we're at the midpoint. You need to be dropping the banger games, but they still don't. That's how you know it's supply side. They just can't get them out to the much of the demand. Also, what we need to talk about is something that um uh in my National Guard unit there is a I, I'm not gonna use directly his name, but for those who are part of my National Guard unit, you understand. There is a Spanish man who went to Harvard. Uh, I think he studied under Milton Friedman. I'm not really sure. I think he said Milton Friedman. Anyway, I think he said Milton Friedman. Um, and so he was telling me, like, what's unique about the time now and why inflation might be better, 
harder hitting now than any other time is that you must take into account that the Chinese middle class might be equally as invested in getting the goods that the Western middle classes want as well. And unlike times before, they have the money now to get them. And so since they have the money now to get them, uh, they, you know, Western markets are competing with these Eastern markets to get the same amount of goods, which could cause the goods to inflate, which could be a part of inflation, which when he said this, I was boom, my mind blew. I was like, yo, he's probably right. That's something I never even accounted for, but is a hundred percent right. And so, but regardless, even if, even with that understanding, even with that understanding of the man side, you can't control the federal bank. You can't understand. You can't control for because the middle class you'd be referring to is China and India, and you can't control the federal reserves of those nations. So, regardless, for the United States, at least it is a supply side issue. You know, because you can't tell China to be like, "Oh, I need you to print less money." China's going to be like, "No, fuck you," um, especially after the whole Taiwan situation with Nancy Pelosi. Yeah actually fuck you uh so <laughs> um um the, the the conversation is really about like how will the you know how will the uh damn i lost my train of thought how will we be able to answer supply side issues that are clearly going on right now and, uh, like, the Fed cannot do that with its powers. It could only control money supply. So now let's get into the fact that I said it was, it's, it's, they're trying to combat wage inflation. The Fed has been 100% transparent with the fact, and this is, this is not just Jerome Powell, this has been, all Fed chairs. They've made it very they've been very transparent that they like to create insecurity among in the job market. They need to create a level of insecurity in the job market to, you know, subjugate the workers. This is a this is it's not an exact quote, but understand that that is basically what the the mindset of the Fed has always been for at least the last 40 years. Unironically, through the neoliberal time period, um, since the Chicago boys been popping, that has been their take. Um, so, in this time of, you know, we're seeing uh, a resurgence in unionization in Starbucks, Amazon, John Deere. Like, you're seeing it all over the place. Teachers, you know, like all over the place. You're seeing our workers saying no. I am valuable. I'm going to negotiate my wages and particularly in job spaces where they have basically been um, uh, in job spaces that are essential, but have not uh, been as um, as combative with the system. Uh, the Fed sees this. Sees the all time because wages have been the highest it's been in quite some time, at least in the last 20 years. Um, and they're seeing this and they're just like, oh, no, this is bad. And with, you know, unemployment as low as it's been, 
um, they don't have the surplus labor uh, that they would usually have to be able to interchange these people out. So the only thing businesses can do is inflate wages. I promise you, this is not conspiratorial. There's people talking to the Fed chair saying we need you to raise rates from a business standpoint. Because they need to create, they need, because if businesses just start firing people, it's not going to, like, they need to create enough surplus labor through the raising of rates and justifying on the mass firing to create a surplus labor force that will allow, um, allow the, uh, there to be enough unemployed people for people to be interchangeable out, which could kill the labor movement. That that is so. It is is such. It, it's it's classic class warfare. That like it's so funny to me from being somebody who's from the especially the economic left. Uh, like you know, I find it odd that no one ever talks about um, when the Fed chair speaks because this is if there is if there is anyone who is who is <laughs> the mouthpiece of the elites, it is. It is the Fed chair, an institution that is only federal in name, but private in everything else. Like, <laughs> like it's it, 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 it is crazy. It is the great example of the private sector gaining almost sovereign power, you know. But the next thing I say is, uh, uh, I, I basically say the same thing I said now. Uh, the Fed only has the power to affect demand side, uh, the demand, aka the access to money, but everyone knows the issues related to the economy is 100% supply side, my personal take, you could debate me on that if you want, and that he doesn't believe rate, and he's, oh, that's another thing, Yon Pao has been quoted in front of Congress saying he does not believe raising rates is going to affect inflation. Inflation as the big inflation, like the big I, inflation, like, What's making the good prices higher? But I do believe it's going to affect inflation in the lower eye in wage inflation, which has been on the rise, which is what he's really trying to combat. But he's used he's trying to paint it like he's trying to give himself the cover of I'm trying to combat inflation. Um, but everyone knows what he's talking about, you know, everyone, you know, you just go on your TikTok, quiet quitting like war labor has been up this for the last two years you know <laughs> and they are trying to create a reality where it could be beaten down and that is in the fed is paving uh the way for that reality to happen and uh it, it's it's disgusting to me honestly it's disgusting uh, uh but yeah i go on to say what the labor what the Fed as an organization wants to stop is a labor movement that has been on the rise since the pandemic started. This is true. Um, I don't like that in the current conditions, uh, workers have leverage and are using it because workers had uh, workers have leverage, insane amount of one, insane amount of it right now. And they know it because they were told they have leverage. Because this is what was, this is actually unironically the hilarious part about the pandemic. Because a lot of, uh, you know, 
our society tries to undermine the importance of the grocery store worker, the mailman. Um, like, sure, they'll they'll big up them, like, thank you for the mail, but they will never, and they'll never, <laughs> they never glamorize these jobs. And you know, let's be honest, the jobs aren't glamorous, but no one ever talks about how essential these jobs really are. But the continuate like, for things to be allowed to run, for you to be able to know you got a bill, you know what I mean? Like these are essential things for uh for for certain industries, you know, that need to be that need to be still going for things to just keep going, you know. Think about it like uh for those who are in New York, could you imagine if the you know the the trash guy doesn't show up? How quickly like I I I don't even give New York a week before it's covered in trash and mice have multiplied to a mice and rats have multiplied to a level that the entire they 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 cover the entire city they probably 3x the people you know <laughs> if if they have not achieved that already you know like um these unglamorous jobs are so essential to keep our normal fabric of our reality alive and you know they get disrespected all the time told they're unimportant we are always told that the Elon Musks of the world are the true important individuals. When in all reality, he's just a rich guy and he's never even like learned engineering. <laughs> he's not even an engineer, but everyone thinks he's building these rockets himself. Like, you know, it's it, it's just funny to me how the average worker gets disrespected. But in the pandemic, that reality got exposed for what it was. Realistically, these CEOs have to sit back and wait. And these nurses, these doctors, you know, these lab techs, these grocery store workers, these mailmen, you know, these even these fast food workers, they are so essential for people to get whatever they need. You know, that um without them, society would collapse. And the CEO society will not collapse. If the CEO just stops doing stuff, nothing would collapse. Things would be fine. They're actually unimportant. And actually, the only reason why they're important is because they have money. And that's it. But if for, for, for their value, for use value, unimportant. And if you could find a way to pay them without the CEO, then they'd completely be useless. And that, that was the reality that would became so true during the pandemic. And now, you know, you're trying to, you know... And once workers became aware of that, you know, coming out and then, you know, your boss is trying to come back to you. And like, let's say let's let, let's just look at the office worker who was able to be just as productive at home rather than being in the office um, to tell them to then come into work. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, bro. I was just as productive. The stock market told me I was being just as productive. The stock market, hey, hey, listen, use their rhetoric against them. The stock market is supposed to be the gauge of productivity of a company, which it's not, but you know, that this is what they like to message. Well, I was in this company. We were, we were doing work. The stock price climbed. Things were fine. I'm going to stay at home and still do that. Cause guess what? I, it's not that I don't want to work with my coworkers. I'll see my coworkers. I'll see my coworkers outside of work. I, it's, it's not like I'm not going to communicate with these guys. Of course I would. And for those I, you know, the for those I like and I fuck with, I'll listen. Go to a bar and go to a restaurant. We still gonna go chill. 
but I just don't want to see you, the manager. And that is the reality. And, uh, you know, some of the biggest petitioners for workers to go back into work is um, the middle manager, whose job is only justified in a, you know, cubicle corporate building environment uh, where it's, if they're not there, it is, it's, it's, it's not as justified and, you know, they may be relegated out of the management position. So, you know, they're screeching to get people back to work. And, you know, and of course, for the bosses and, the, you know, the, the, the shareholders, um, the boards, the reason why they would want people to go back to work is that there's a little secret. These corporate buildings, uh, retail, uh, real estate evaluations matter to the overall wealth of the company. And if no one's in the building and no one's using it, it actually starts becoming a dead piece of property. And it may cost more to hold it than it is to uh, use it. You have it. And, uh, you know, you could you could they could very much see the uh, real estate evaluations of these things drop. And because they're hell bent on not having that happen and they're not selling the property, um, everyone's screeching for these guys to come back. The campaign against that is absolutely ruthless. That's another classic example of class warfare. Fuck these guys to work at home. You want to see you want to see your coworkers? Just go see your coworkers at a bar. Go out to eat. Go watch a movie. You know, you guys you guys can interconnect other places, but no one ever talks about um, the fact that the the process of going to your job is unpaid and eats into your ability to have free time. And like, <laughs> yeah, bro, like anyone who's had to commute to work could tell you, especially, listen, bro, I, I'm from the CT New York area. I've seen what these highways fucking look like. I've seen myself, I've seen myself at, I've seen myself add two hours to my work day, just traveling bam back from work. So... Since that's the case, yeah, fuck you. I, I'm going to work from home. That should be the attitude of every white-collar worker. But, um, you know, like, uh, now the workers realize they have this leverage. They're taking advantage of it. And it, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, and it, I don't want to see it end, but it seems the Fed wants to see it end. But, yeah, I go on to say they want to create an environment where there's enough surplus labor, that the workers are more easily replaceable. As I already said, they're allowing businesses to, this would create a reality where it allows businesses to depress wages and reap more profits, which, I mean, listen, guys, if if you ever claim yourself to understand economics, you're not red capital by Karl Marx. I'm not going to take you serious. I, (laughs) because that really is just how it is. Um, I say this is class warfare. Um, the current and, fu- and I, I go on to say that the, uh, the current and future unionization efforts must be prepared for a long fight because the most powerful institution in the United States has basically declared all out war. Uh, and then I go on to say, if you want to ever know how elites feel, just pay attention to when the Fed speaks. It tells you all you need to know. Honestly, that last tweet, uh, if you want to know how elites feel. That that is just straight up the truth. Um, cut through all the bullshit. You don't need to watch some Alex Jones conspiracy theorist stuff. Uh, World Economic Forum, Fed Chair speaks. There, you know, World uh, World Bank. These are the organizations um, that literally just say what elites think. 
they're just so transparent with it. They just, it, I have to believe they're only this transparent because they just think people are dumb and they won't look into these places. And I mean, maybe they're right because <laughs> it seems no one ever really does. Um, but yeah, um, unionization efforts going forward through this inflationary time period as this all-out war with the Fed happens is going to need to be prepared for a rough ride. Um, um, we're, I've noticed that they've dropped the Trump policies when it comes to immigration. We're going to see a lot of illegal labor uh, coming in. I'm not against illegal labor. I'm not against... I have no issues with open borders. I, I'm a person... I'm very... Uh, I'm a person who's very pro free movement of labor across borders. I, I just, I don't care. I really don't care. Uh, I know this could bother some white right wing racists, the double R's. <laughs> um, but uh, labor should be able, if capital can move freely between nations, if you can buy the Euro and buy the US, buy the Jing, uh, buy the, by the yen, by the, you know, by the shilling, if you're in Africa, you can move capital so easily. Why can't labor just move? I'm sorry. It's stupid. Free movement of capital, free movement of labor. Uh, and I don't care how long it takes. Listen, if it could take them a year to get their citizenship, let that be the case. If you have an issue with it and you're worried about the competition, just get good. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Or create a government that would support... You, regardless if you're the best labor person, but that's socialism. And I understand, like, hey, hey, man, <laughs> uh, let me not get into that. Anyway, um, but the, the unionization efforts are going to need to be prepared because there is, you're starting to see government policies that are trying to, uh, you have to be uh, very transparent with what the the acceptance of, you know, the, the flooding in of like these, uh, the immigrants is for it. They are trying to create a unemployment. Uh, they're trying to create a, a, a dark labor force that they can be used by capital to depress wages of the workers that that's of the, the American workers that that's most likely what's going to happen. Um, do I wish that was the case? No, I, I want to see a reality where those guys can become citizens immediately. And therefore, that's not the case. Um, and they can get, you know, at least a, a minimum, a federal minimum wage. Uh, but, you know, we, we know U.S. policy, that's that's not going to be the case. And so we have to look at it for what the possible play is. And that's what's going to be the play. You got to be prepared for it. It's going to be it's going to be a tough fight. We, I mean, very much we'll see businesses use this illegal labor and replacement of legal labor. And magically, all of a sudden, the state won't have any idea They'll be like, oh, I don't, we didn't know. Like, how could we have known? Like, you know, whatever fucking excuses they like to give. So the press wages, so they must, they must get ready for the long fight. Um, If you don't, there's a unionization effort happening in your local area, in your town, please try to give money to it. Um, or help however you can, because, you know, it's, sometimes they don't need money, they just need bodies to, you know, create the feel or look of, like, a big effort. Uh, if you could give your time, your buddy... Uh, do something, help your uh, fellow worker. Um, okay, okay, okay. So, what's the, 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 yeah. I've been jumping around, more topics. Uh, so many. It's been a busy week. I'm not going to hold you. 
It's been a very busy week. Uh, a Jerome Powell thing really pissed me off. Uh, what else? What else? I want to talk about George Bush's master class. I'm looking up Breaking Points. Breaking Points just came up on my YouTube. And I'm not going to talk about that. Because I think everyone should know why that's ridiculous. You don't, then like... I think you just need to go relook at the George Bush. I guess we should just talk about... You know what? I'm going to choose violence. I'm gonna, Actually, I'm going to choose violence at least once. Andrew Tate. This guy, and I feel like as a dude, we need more dudes speaking out against these types of guys. So I've been, I've seen all the stuff about this guy getting banned, and um, and it's like uh, the manosphere of like uh, like dudes who give men advice or like red pilling or like whatever they call it, um. Not in it like that. I do not watch Fresh and Fit. I don't watch any of this stuff. It is kind of like a weird segue after talking something so serious. But I feel like you do need to talk about these cultural stuff sometimes just to like. Because there is like, you know, culture does matter. This is the people think this matters. And you need to create a little bit of a space to address some of this stuff. I don't think Andrew Tate's a good person for men. I don't think Kevin Samuels is a good person for men, if you guys know who that is. I don't think Fresh and Fit is a good person for men, if you, you know who that is. I don't think Jordan Peterson is a good idea for men. And I, I, like, I, I don't think these guys are good. I'm particularly talking about the male improvement. I think that the male improvements, like, I feel like for women, they just have better access to good advice. Mainly because women are, it feels that due to material conditions, um, women are more practiced at talking, particularly online, to other women. Um, that doesn't mean there isn't like, you know, fem cells, fem cells being female incels who have ridiculous ideas. But like the men monopolize this toxic uh idea giving space because their ideas of masculinity is just so it's so painful man and the 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 reason why i know um this guy is unhealthy is that just i i was looking at um i'm not i'm not trying to insult these guys who's in the thing trust me when i say i, I go to the gym i'm a i i look very traditionally masculine i, I you know i work out i'm a, i'm a i'm a muscular dude i I'm a halfway decent looking dude. I, I don't think I'm that good looking, but some some people may argue that I I am a traditionally good looking person. Um, but what I find interesting with these guys is just like when you when I was looking at Andrew Tate's like website and um like his it's not Patreon but like you know his master class or whatever. Um, and I was looking at the dudes that was around him, and I was like, these guys, because I was a gamer, and I, they look like classic gamer guys. You know, people who don't really interact with people in, like, the real world, like, at all. And I thought it was very telling that these are the types of guys who are, um, 
who are in the thing taking advice from Andrew Tate. And I think when you're permanently online and you don't go out, um, like, this is what happens to you. Like, you know, you start creating, like, like when you don't have real females in your life uh, that you could talk to um, and really get the female side of things, like, you start getting these delusions in your mind. And I'm, and I'm not talking about, like, female, like, women that you're dating. That's not who I'm referring to. I am talking about, like, you must have women friends to get an idea. You know what I mean? Of the way women are actually think. You know? And and you, you could talk to them and get their perspective on matters. You can't be just getting this from other dudes. Because... I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going to get weird, weird thoughts. And I, I know this is a jump. And like, I, I, it's funny because I'm talking about this thing and I'm just like, oh man, this kind of seems out of place. But I feel like it needs to because I, I, this man was on Fox News. <laughs> and I'm looking at this and I'm like, and you see talk, Tucker Carlson talking to this guy and he's like, he's, t- like he's, he's very serious about this. And I'm just like, you know, and I'm not trying to get into the culture war stuff, but I'm just like, yeah. it's not, guys. If you're if you're looking for men for advice, talk to your guys around you. Don't be don't go on the Internet looking for these random guys who, who have a paid course, who have every incentive to push you onto their paid course. That, that isn't the guys you should be taking advantage of. You have male friends. If you if you've interacted with women and it's turned out bad, get advice from those guys. You're gonna get at least a less toxic. I promise you, from real dudes that aren't online, you're gonna get at least a less toxic view. Now, I'm very aware that dudes in the everyday life have toxic views as well. I just know, I'm just trying to combat the online version of this just yet. You know, the next like um. What realistically you should really be doing is trying to make like actual women friends, not women that you're you would want to like have a relationship with, but just women friends so that you could talk about women and ask questions about women to the women and get the women's uh, women's perspective on the matter. Like that's ultimately like peak, but I'm willing to work with people where they're at. If you're permanently online and you, your only access to advice is through some dude who has a paid service, you need to remove yourself from the dude who has a paid service. Because you got to understand most for these guys, and it, it's very telling to when you see Andrew Tate, when he started getting banned, like how he started backtracking a lot of his rhetoric. Um, this is entertainment to them. They may not actually be serious. Now, granted, I've looked into Andrew Tate's past and he said some things and done some things that is completely despicable and disgusting. And he might actually be a real believer in his ideology. But um, in all reality, and for those who want to know, he he has uh, participated in activities that could be classified as pimping. And that's just disgusting. And if you don't think pimping uh, women is uh, something that you shouldn't do, I I think you need to start rethinking a lot of things about yourself. Um, But 
I think you should just talk to regular dudes. It's not that, and I'm like, listen, bro, I'm not telling you that like, oh, the women are perfect. They do all the right. No, stop it. Like there is, there's women with psychotic worldviews. I, I know this. I live in the real world with you too. I've heard some insane things as well. But most women aren't like that. Those women are very simple and they just want very simple stuff. Just like you, you know, hopefully. Maybe you have some ridiculous things. And maybe you need to be let known how ridiculous they are. You know? Eat your, like, you know, like, it, it, to, to, to have all, ma- like, the one, I saw this meme that really exemplified this. And it's just like, it was like, Andrew Tate getting banned. And it's like, this is a, masculinity is, basically the meme goes like, uh, it's like a picture of Andrew Tate and him getting banned from another thing. And it's just like, masculinity is on the decline because Andrew Tate's getting banned. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Why is, like, you know, and especially in a world where men still dominate most of the media space, like most of the culture of the planet, like how can masculinity be on the decline because Andrew Tate gets banned? Are you dumb? You know, LeBron James sneezes, people pay attention. How can masculinity be on the decline? You know? Brittany, uh, what is Brittany Garner? Like, it's, it's crazy that I can't even say her name. You know, she's still sitting in prison. If that was LeBron James, that would be the topic of conversation permanently. You know? This girl is in jail, and it's looking like it's just going to be a passing conversation. Masculinity is on the decline. The world is still dominated by men, dudes. You know? Like, please stop deluding yourself into believing that, like, it's we're mattering less. No, you're just, you're just not getting away with the same dumb shit that you used to get away with, that your dad used to get away with. And this is the thing. The, the one thing about the Andrew Tate world that no one needs to need to understand is not just young dudes who are buying into them. What people need to understand is dudes of all ages. Because a lot of dudes who shared, because I have, I have, um, you know, friends of all age groups. I have dudes who are 10 years younger than me, you know, my, my friends, brothers, younger brothers who like I have on Snapchat and like, you know, I have dudes who are like, you know, in thirties and they're all sharing this guy's stuff to me. And I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, guys, like you, you gotta see this for what it is. Right. Like this guy is a bum, <laughs> right? Like you don't like, there's nothing respectable about this, you know, like when he's trying to just make these broad, just, like these, like these broad paint stroking about how women act. It's like this, this is, this is ridiculous. Like I could complain about women in my life and what they are doing to me, but I'm not going to say anything broad, you know, that isn't, that isn't normal, dude. And especially when it's not even factually true, you know, like, <laughs> Like, and then you try to pretend or you try to get away with it and say, oh, it's just my opinion. It's like, fuck off, dude. Like, don't be a coward. You believe this to be true and don't use, oh, it's my opinion. So that I think it's just fuck you, bro. Even if it wasn't your opinion, you'd still be like, you you just want to be able to say these things, you know, And, and, and don't buy into the arguments of free speech, free speech, free speech. Guys, I will let you in on a secret. 
Cancel culture is not new. It's not a new generational thing. Cancel culture has always been around. It has always been around. Just go read a, just go pick up a history book and start reading and start thinking about what cancel culture really is at a fundamental level. Then go read through history. You'll realize that cancel culture has always been here. It's been here since scientists were claiming the earth was round and the church said it was flat. Cancel culture has always been here. And tell you the truth. And in for, even though we live in a free society where you, you know, people have the ability to speak like uh say when they want, uh without pressure from the state. Um, I think people take great misinterpretation of that because free speech is the free freedom to critique your government, not the freedom to say anything to anyone. You know? Like <laughs> Like, uh, this is a big misinterpretation of the law. It's like the Second Amendment, but let me get into that. Um, you have the freedom to critique your government without prosecution, you know what I mean, or re- retribution. You have the freedom to roast Donald Trump. You have the freedom to roast Biden, but that doesn't mean you have the freedom to say the N-word to some dude. You know, like, that's, that's, not, what, that's not what that means. And you guys need to understand the differences, you know? Like, it, it, it's really concerning that um, this is, like, the worldview of these guys. It, it's, I don't know. I, I don't really have really much more to say on the matter. This guy should not define masculinity. Granted, I think we're entering at a time where masculinity is going to need to be redefined. And as many dudes start to realize that some of the old ideas of masculinity is ridiculous, but still holding on to other old ideas because they think like, oh, no, no, like these are dumb, but these are OK. Not understanding like the whole these are all like interlinked together. Like we're going to have to throw the whole we're going to have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and redefine masculinity in a way that doesn't enslave dudes to a psychotic worldview where like, you know, they are just emotionless beings because you're not. And ultimately, what these red pill people are selling you is the same emptiness that you're probably trying to escape from. And yeah, that's it's really it. But fuck the free speech thing. Like, you don't get to just talk like an asshole on the Internet all day long. Unless actually you, you do get to talk like an asshole on the Internet as long as it's to a public servant. You, you can do that however you want. But like about people like, no, like, come on now, dude. Just go look into the civil rights movement. <laughs> like you, you could, you, there's just so many things you can look at history, and they could literally tell you that that was never okay, and you just were not paying attention in history class if you think it is okay. But that being said, I'm gonna head out. We talked about a lot of things. Jesus Christ, I jumped around, but I think I talked about all the matter, all the stuff. Remember. I talked about we talked about a lot of things, but uh, I want to remind people: if you do have the ability to access the, uh, if you do have access to the student loan cancellation, you must apply for it. I'm realizing that this may be a cop out. This may be a tactic. You must apply for the cancellation. If you do not apply for the cancellation, you're not going to be able to use it, and it's going to suck. So please. If you are qualified for the cancellation, please find time to get on and uh, apply. 
because you know I don't know the next time this government's gonna do it. Uh, I'm just gonna tell you the truth. It's like uh, it's like them stimulus checks. I, I would love for them to bring them joints back, but I don't know when they're gonna do that. Actually, I'll probably start creating petition. But yeah, support your local labor movements. Um, fuck these guys. Push. Um, fuck all capitalists. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy your week.